Hey everyone, John Wertheim here with Sports Illustrated Tennis Beyond the Baseline podcast. This is our first edition for 2015. We have a special guest. I don't know where he is, but he's going to tell us. Jack Sock, welcome. Hey, hey, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Where are you? I'm in Kansas City right now. I just took my dog outside for a little walk. (laughs) Where else besides Kansas City would you be before clay court season kicks up? Um, you're you're fresh off your first tournament win. That was in Houston. You're up to number thirty-five, career high ranking. And you said at the trophy presentation ceremony that clay was your favorite surface. Were you just playing to the crowd? I was not actually. I uh, I I'm a big fan of the clay. Um, I love the red clay. Love playing on it. Um, think my game think my game suits it very well. And um, you know, always look forward to this time of year. How many clay courts are there in Nebraska? Ooh, Nebraska, uh, probably less than one hand. Probably maybe maybe two or three. And you, you found clay in Kansas City where you can play? Yeah, there's a, there's a club down by the plaza that actually has a, has a couple of good ones um, that I practiced on when I was younger. Uh, the club I usually practice out here, Elite Squad Tennis Club, um, it, uh, it, it's got six hard courts now, so I think they're working on maybe getting some clay out there. But for now, I go down. To a different place down down uh, north. Who do you hit? Who do you hit with in the Midwest? I mean, we've seen guys go to, to Saddlebrook and, and to California and to some of these hubs. When, when you're in Kansas City, can you find guys that, that give you a competitive hit? Yeah, actually, it's funny. Yeah, I actually have a apartment in Tampa. I spent a little. I spent, I spent some time at Saddlebrook as well. Um, but uh, but here in Kansas City, I uh, you know hit with you, my coach, you know Troy, um, who travels with me year round. Uh, he, he played college tennis. Um, hits a good ball, or will bring uh, some of the better juniors around around the area. Um, but last time I was in Kansas City, before I started my year in India Wells, uh, we brought in a kid, a uh, Japanese like ITF player. Uh, he's top 10, top 15 ITF, and uh, he came in for a couple weeks of practice. So he can do it one of many ways. So let me ask you, how do you assess your career so far? Um. I would say a progression. Um, I mean, it's you know, obviously, I knew going in that uh, I knew going in that it, that it would take time and it'd be a process. Um, you know, it's tough to come out when you're 17, 18, 19, and just um, you know, blast on the scene and have very consistent results. Uh, I mean, you see some of the younger guys kind of doing it now, but um, you know, keep that level up year round and and stay injury free and everything is. Um, you know, it's tough at that age, but um, you know, I'd say it's been a steady progression, and um, obviously my ranking's kind of gone up and up, you know, as the years go on, but, you know, now I finally feel like I have a, a very good grasp on, you know, tour life and, and what it takes and everything, and, and uh, you know, I feel good about where I'm at. 35 in the world is nothing to uh, sneeze at, but you're, you're even higher. You're top 10. You're number 8 in doubles. And I'm curious, for a guy in your position who's, who's trying to ascend in singles and clearly has a lot of game, you're not a specialist by any stretch, is doubles, is doubles something that you, you do in lieu of hitting? Is it something that sort of it started as fun and now it's serious business? I mean, how does doubles fit into your, to your master plan here? Um, yeah, I mean, you know, obviously a little unexpected in the position we're at. Vodschuk and I, you know, we didn't know going into Wimbledon that you know, we'd come away with the title and, you know, be, both be top 10 now and 
in the race in the race last now last year and, and hopefully again this year for London end of the year. But uh, you know, I mean, yeah, I mean, doubles always been. Um, I've always entered doubles to you know get some extra court time, uh, maybe work on some things. I think it's very good for serving and returning, and um, I think it's always good to just get on the court again and, and get more matches under your belt. Um, you know, now at this stage, it's it's uh, I kind of. Hopefully, pick. I mean, I'm picking and choosing. You know where I play. Vosh and I will play the slams, obviously, in all the master series, and then wherever else we're at the same tournaments. But um, you know, it's. I think it's great in the sense, you know, if you play on Monday singles and you have a day off on Tuesday and you get to play a doubles match, you know, instead of, you know, maybe go out and practicing for an hour, hour and a half, and and having to do drills and stuff, you can go out and play another match. Which I think only helps your confidence, you know, to get back on a court again. So, uh, you know, for me, that's kind of how I view it, and. Um, yeah, you know, I think it's kind of it's really helped me actually. I think over the last year, year and a half. So, so when Indian Wells, someone asked me, they said, you know, we hear about these players, they're teenagers, they're high school kids, and we're all curious where are they going to sign, what are their pro prospects. You know, we rank basketball players as early as middle school, and the guy said, well, you know, in tennis, we hardly ever hear about the up and coming players. And I said, you know, he said, why is that? And I said, well, one reason I think is that we're a little bit reluctant to. Uh, put pressure on these kids and that, you know, we've got these cases of burnout. And so people kind of lay off until they really make a splash. Do you, did you feel pressure coming up and, and do you wish there had been more attention placed on you at 15, 16, 17? Uh, no, I, I mean, I didn't, I didn't feel it um, necessarily. You know, I'd always planned on going to college. It was kind of the route I was, uh, I was thinking, you know, until I had some of the success I did, um, you know, later in my teens and junior U.S. Open and a Futures title and uh, in some of those tournaments, um, I'd always planned on going to school for four years, like, you know, kind of like anyone else and playing college tennis and kind of seeing where I was after that. Um, but, uh, but no, I mean, I didn't, I didn't feel any pressure really for, uh, for the pros to, to, you know, make that jump or my first year out there to really make a big splash. You know, I, like I said, I knew it was a, uh, it's going to be a process, and, and um, it's going to take experience and then time on tour to, to uh, you know get adjusted and, and um, to everything. If we were to make a bigger deal out of out of up and coming players and find these sixteen year olds and, and you know maybe hype them up a bit the way we do other sports, uh, good idea or bad idea? I say bad idea. Um, I, I feel like we've we've maybe done it a few times. Um, you know, for not not U.S. only, but, you know, international players as well. You kind of hear about these guys that 16, 17, everyone says protégés and, and, and the next best thing. And, um, you know, I think when you hear it that much at that age, I think that can put pressure on you. Um, you know, I don't think – in my shoes, I don't think I was talked about, you know, a whole lot because I was playing – I was always playing my age group. I didn't play ITF, so yeah, I didn't really have my name out there internationally or play junior slams or anything. Um, and so that 2010 junior U.S. Open, but, um, you know, I, yeah, I don't think putting kids in the spotlight at that age, um, you know, I think it's a chance at either burnout and maybe too much, either too much spotlight or too much pressure where they, you know, they can't handle it and they don't enjoy the sport anymore or, uh, or whatever the reason is. But, um, I would say, you know, if a kid's, you know, doing very well, 15, 16, 17, whatever path they're on or whatever, you know, uh, routines that they have and everything, I would say, you know, just let them, let them keep doing what they're doing and, and um, you know, hopefully see their name out on the big stage, you know, a few, a few years down the road. But, uh, you know, I think if we put these kids on pedestals at, at that age, it could be, 
it could be a little more negative than positive. So, so in Australia this year, you weren't you weren't able to make it because you were still uh, recovering from injury. But you know, one day everybody's checking their Twitter feeds, and all of a sudden, uh, Jack Sox sends a very a very grave and sort of alarming feed about about his brother. Um, yeah. Do you want to just sort of set set the record straight and, and remind everyone what what happened to you? Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I'd gone in in uh, in December for for uh, a muscle I tore in my pelvis on my right side. I went to get that reattached and, and, and get the surgery done on that. And um, you know, a few weeks few weeks later, while I was doing rehab and everything, getting trying to get my mobility back and and, and, and strength back and everything, uh, my brother, you know, had a sore throat. Uh, basically, a sore throat went wrong. Um, you know, we we went to the dog minute clinic here. and um, you know, they just said rest for a few days. They didn't, they didn't obviously catch it. <laughs> and, uh, unfortunately it, uh, escalated pretty quickly. And, and, you know, a few days later he was, uh, he was, uh, one, one morning on a Friday, very early, he was screaming in so much pain. I've never heard or seen him in. And, and, um, you know, we rushed him over to the emergency room still for a few days in the emergency room. They had no idea what was going on. And, and finally our family doctor here, um, you know, as a family friend, he works for the chiefs, uh, here he's a chief doctor and, um, he was out of town right when Eric went in, but a few days later he was back in town. He came over and kind of saved Eric's life. He diagnosed it correctly finally, and um, as a one in a million infection called Lemierre's syndrome, and, and um, it's uh, it's an infection in your throat and your jugular that showers down into your body and attacks your kidney and, and liver and lungs and uh, heart, um, and uh, yeah, they ended up having to put him on a ventilator for a week and a half to help him breathe because he wasn't able to breathe on his own and. and they had to go in. Um, they had to go in through his back, um, in his uh, in his ribs, and pull out all the fluid around his lungs. And uh, and um, they were able to pull out uh, eight ounces of fluid around his lung, um, and then he was able to breathe again on his own. And um, now, you know, he's he's getting it all back now, getting the strength back, and he's active again, which is great. And when you made your return after that at Indian Wells, you promptly get to the round of sixteen. You beat some top twenty players. Is it too simplistic to uh, to say that your brother's recovery has has had an impact on your tennis? Uh, I would say that one of the biggest parts of it, um, you know, obviously other than the than the you know work that I put in, um, that I was able to put in, I had almost eight nine we I had almost nine weeks off the court in the gym in uh, six days a week um, in the gym off the court and then obviously on the court every day as well. Uh, I was able to put in great work and. Physically, I feel the best, but uh, I would say, you know, with my brother, everything that happened to him. That's that's probably the, sole, the one of the one of the big reasons that uh, I've had kind of had the success I had. And, and just to be clear, yeah. he's he's doing okay now. Yeah, yeah, he's doing better. Thanks. In Indian Wells, you uh, you you played in the round of sixteen against Roger Federer. What what was that experience like for you? Uh, I mean, it was definitely, I mean, it's a cool experience for sure. I, I'd never played one of those top four guys. Um, like top four, the people that the people that put those guys in the top four, um, and uh, I mean we're friendly. We we talk in the locker room, um, and, and it was uh, it was uh, it was a cool experience. Um, I think uh, I think it was good to get you know my feet wet a little bit against against one of those guys like that. Um, obviously, he's a legend. You know, arguably the best tennis the tennis player to, to ever play, and. Um, I think I went out, uh, you know, our first few games were very, very good tennis. Um, I lost a long game to get broken and, and kind of, he ran away with it from there. But, uh, you know, I think, 
it was good for me to kind of get out there and, and, and play a match like that. And I think next time, uh, I think I, I, would, I would maybe do a few, a few things differently and, and, and hopefully, uh, hopefully, uh, you know, put up, a, put up a better result, different result. Some non-tennis questions. Kansas City Royals. Uh, Kansas City Royals 10-3 and 3 as we record this. Yes, sir. Uh, last year was a fluke, and they're going to regress to the mean and play 500 ball, or this is a postseason team for the second year in a row? 100% postseason team. I, uh, I'm actually going to a game tomorrow night. Um, one of my, I have a good buddy on the team. He pitches Jeremy Guthrie, and uh, you know, talking to him a little bit, they're they're definitely a very motivated team, and, and, and they're ready to do what they did last year again and, and, and get that World Series. Almost got in a brawl last week against the uh, Oakland A's. <laughs> against the Oakland, Oakland A's. What's the f- closest you've come to getting in a fight on the tennis court? Me? Uh, any any bad any bad blood? No, but every, everybody said before this. Before the series, though, everybody said, "Oh, bad blood between these teams." Do you uh, you you have bad blood with any player? Uh, not that I know of. No, I mean, not not no. I think we need more of that in tennis. Can can you work on that? I'm <laughs> um, hoping you can piss someone off when you're when you're in Europe. Um, you you're excited to go over there. I take it, uh, given your, this is your favorite surface. When do you uh, when, when do you start things out? I leave a week from today for Madrid. I'm going there a few days early. The tournament starts next Sunday, so be there a few days to practice before it starts. How different is it at this stage in your career when these main draw spots? Are, are not questions of concern, and you're you're getting right in and playing some ball. I mean, how how different a m- mindset is that versus I'm looking at cutoffs or I might have to qualify? How much does that change uh, your preparation? Yeah, I mean, it definitely puts you at ease a little bit more. That's for sure. I mean, obviously, be able to do your schedule well in advance, knowing um, you know where you get to play, where you'll be straight in, and, and now I mean, in some tournaments now be seated and maybe get a bye and, and don't play till Wednesday, Thursday. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's definitely uh, a little bit less stressful in the sense of knowing exactly where you're going to play and not having to wait till the last minute to fly somewhere and where you'll get in. So uh, yeah, that's 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 a nice part about it. You, you mentioned the pelvis surgery during during the off season. How much is is sort of uh, your, your physical condition? How much does that sort of impinge your progress? And also, I mean, do you have full trust in your body right now? I do definitely 110 percent full trust in it yeah i think uh i think uh now that i've had it on both sides right i think uh else seems like nothing else can go wrong knock on wood um but no i feel great like i said i put in that that a lot of time a lot of weeks in a row before i went out to india to start to start my year and and um you know physically i think it's the best i ever felt so what uh players always say what are your ranking goals and they always hate it when you ask that but I mean, sort of big picture. What what are your goals for 2015? I mean, what what's going to uh, in in November? What's going to make this a good year? I mean, for me, just competing for more titles. I mean, I don't. I, I, I'm. I guess I'm like those other guys. I don't put a ranking number or a tournament win number or whatever it is. Uh, I think I. For me, just want to keep going out and kind of do what I'm doing now. Play hard every match. Um, you know, obviously win as many matches as I can, but. Um, you know, for me, compete for as many singles titles as I can, try to play on weekends and, and be one of the last guys in the locker room and, um, you know, just keep getting that experience uh, and, and keep doing my best. Last guy in the locker room, first guy in the gym. You've got to work out in about 10 minutes and we'll let you go. But uh, thanks 
Thanks so much for stopping by, and uh, good, good, good luck in Europe. Hey, thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Jack. Take care.